You're listening to Beyond Your Imagination with Chris Martin, in-depth conversations with dreamers and doers about the 21st century world of independent film. With over 8,000 and counting film festivals worldwide, how will you make sure your film gets into the right festivals? Dr. Rebecca Louisa Smith is the founder of the Film Festival Doctor, a company that helps filmmakers create a focused film festival strategy, including planning, organization, logistics, and support. Suppose you are a filmmaker who hasn't considered the life-changing impact of film festivals. Rebecca is adamant that you'll discover community and new voices, not to mention the chance to polish your film's vision. Enjoy the conversation. So thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm really excited. My name is Rebecca Louisa Smith. And I'm the CEO and founder of a company called The Film Festival Doctor. And what we do is we help our clients create successful film festival strategies for their film to get their product in the right um, film festivals, see by the right audiences and get the best value out of their film. That is an amazing like proposition for a company. What got you interested in film festivals? <laughs> I know it's so random, isn't it? It's so new. Yeah. It's a thriving news because it's a very important service for all filmmakers. Yeah. Um, well, I got into it totally by accident. <laughs> all the best things are always like totally on a different kind of off piece. So I was studying for my PhD at the University in Wales, Aberystwyth. I was very committed to the PhD, but then I, I found it quite an isolating experience because it's a lot of work and a lot of one, you know, solitary work and it's, it's quite full on. But I mean, it's very rewarding at the same time. And a friend of mine uh, was asked to uh, put on a horror film festival by the Film Council in Wales. So there aren't any horror film festivals at that time in the area, the country of Wales, which is a part of the UK. And he was like, do you want to help out? I was like, yes, why not? Something to do is it takes away from the full on typing and researching from the PhD. <laughs> right, which is it's hor- a horror in and of itself. Exactly. It really is. I mean, it's, it's just like, whoa, it's just way too much. And this hobby that I thought was going to be a nice distraction from the day job was actually, hang on, I feel more myself and I feel more like I should be doing this job full time instead of doing the PhD full time and going to the world of academia. I don't want to be teaching. I don't want to be doing research full time. I really think I like working in the film festival area of distribution, this kind of sector, more than I do academia. It took me a while to, I mean, I, I knew it deep down when I started doing the festival. And then when I started to speak to more filmmakers that came to the festival, I always asked them what they liked and disliked about film festivals. And they all said, we love film festivals, you know, getting our film into around the world on a big screen, meeting people, networking. It's incredible. What we don't like is we don't know what we're doing. We don't know who to ask, who to get our film into a festival, how to strategize. We're just hoping for the best. I was like, whoa, there's a business here. So I thought, I can do this because I've been going around the world, you know, talking to festival programmers, what they want and getting films for the Avatar Festival and meeting new people that run festivals like South by Southwest and Fright Fest, all these kind of big festivals. And I was like, I can do this. It's going to be, it's going to be a challenge because no one really else, no, nobody really does this at the time. There's not many of us. It's very small. So it's, it's quite hard to do your research when there's not people doing what you do. I thought, I'm going to make this work. And that's how we got into it. So I left academia. And then in 2010, my company began officially. That's really cool. Now, you said it was one of those things where you saw a business there immediately. Was 
was it that quick or was it just over time you started seeing those patterns of what, as you talk to different filmmakers? It was pretty quick. So it was pretty much during one festival. It was a second year of Abattoir, the first year of, of Abattoir. And I was there getting used to it and just enjoying, you know, the 16 hour days and parties and having <laughs> fun, but also the hard graft and making sure the festival runs smoothly to really get it organized um, with the team. The team are great. The team of people have seen the team people that run Abattoir are fantastic. It's one of the best festivals in the world. And I kept asking first filmmakers this question all the time. I was just really intrigued to see, you know, how they're getting on with festivals and where they were traveling to and how they were doing it. Cause I, you know, it was all kind of new. I wanted to know more about it. And it was pretty much during one year, well, it was the second year when I wanted to know more about it because I was getting the bug for it and I was realizing there was a pattern. And then I said to people that question all the time and they would always say pretty much one well, is the same thing. They said, you know, we just go on without a box. That was what was happening at the time. There's no film freeway. I was going without a box and then picking a festival that sounds pretty good. And then see if you get in. I was like, this is no way to do this kind of job because there's a lot of festivals now. More keep coming up each year. And there's like, you know, 10 years later, there's like over 8,000 festivals. So wow. it's really important now that to have a strategy. And they didn't know that at the time, but they were getting results because they were just for the best. But yeah, it's incredible. Um, it's, I mean, this job is something which definitely at that time wasn't you know, a mainstream job. It wasn't like a sales agent when there's loads of sales agents, which is, you know, what people need to get their films sold. It's a very different market and it was a very specialist market and you have to be very precise when you do it, as I found out over time. And that's why I love it because it's a different skill I can use, which I learned through being a PA and also doing my PhD. Now, when you're going to like a horror film festival, are you into horror film or was it just the one that was there for you to participate in? Well, I've always kind of liked horror. Um, you know, I, I do like the genre and I like really innovative horror films to watch. And I find it very fascinating genre because it can be really creative and it's really intriguing. So I was always a fan of it. I wasn't like a diehard fan because some of the people that came to Abattoir were wonderful and they were really new their stuff. They knew the genre inside out. And I was like, wow. Um, so, you know, there was quite a difference there in terms of the knowledge it was a lot better than mine. But I knew how to program in terms of what we were looking for. You know, we were very strict with our programming. We would was look for innovative horrors that really stood out from the crowd in different ways of doing, uh, you know, handling the genre. So it was really interesting in terms of programming. So I liked it, but I wasn't, say, a diehard fan. I was more <laughs> a diehard fan of film festivals than, than horror. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, that, that's a really interesting distinction between the film genre itself and just loving film festivals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big thing. I mean, like all the people that would come to Abattoir were great. I remember seeing them in there, like, you know, the t shirts and like with Die Hard kind of, you know, like Nosferatu or um, Hellraiser. You know, I met, like, we met Doug Bradley. He was there. He came as a special guest and he's wonderful. He loved going to it on the pier, which is our local kind of pub um celebrating and free house that kind of stuff and it was you know it was great seeing them and their passion and i just loved the fact that i just loved the festival world and, and the passion for producing the festival making it the best we could be with all our events we had on with the films you know so it was really nice so as you went from running a film festival to connecting with filmmakers and starting your business to help them develop their strategies how did you have to shift from thinking like the film festival organizer to thinking like the filmmaker? Yeah, that was a good question. It was quite a shift because obviously programming is different to creating strategy. So the way I shifted it was I'd always ask the filmmaker, 
so what do you want to achieve and the sort of circuit with your film you know have you made the film for a certain reason do you want to get on the BAFTA and Oscar qualifying route uh, is it for exposure is it networking is it all of those you know to really figure out what they wanted and then match the best festivals for the film obviously it was trying to in the beginning you know it was really trying to work it out we had some very good films to work on that um, were really well made and did really well on the circuit. And I will say to them, right, let's keep it aligned with the goals. You know, we've, this film is can do festivals of a higher tier, but these festivals can't. So I, based upon my knowledge of programming abattoir, we'd always look for, you know, strong, innovative stories, uh, strong acting, good length, obviously really good sound and it, very good production value, no matter what the budget was. So we'd be very much um, very focused upon those kind of qualities and I always take that into account when um, talking to other festival programmers about what they wanted and what kind of films we were working with at the time. It really does come back to that vision and the reason why they're making the film, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, some people don't know what their goals are until we until I ask them, which is totally understandable because they're quite embroiled in, <laughs> you know, in making the film. And it's totally normal for all of us. And I always say to them, you know, like, why are you making the film? And most of them will say, you know, it's for a reason or some say, well, it's for a showreel, it's for exposure. It's to show I could make a feature of a high quality, a stepping stone. You know, so they all vary, um, but they all want to get it seen. And with a short film, it's like a business card. So that's really important to get your short films in the circuit because that's what it's there for, is to show everybody involved, the actors, the director, the writer, everything, that they can do what they can do really well in a short form and they can do, they can do it long form. So it's quite a process. What I'm intrigued by, Rebecca, is too, is like... Why do film festivals really matter? Because we live in a streaming world. Shouldn't we just get something on Netflix? I think film festivals will always be important from when they, start, when they first began to, you know, right through to the rest of, rest of, the, of the whole time that we're on, on Earth. The reason why is because obviously we can stream, you know, on Netflix some very good films. Obviously the films that won the Oscars yesterday will be on there. We can see very good quality. What we don't always see on Netflix and streaming platforms is really high quality independent films that might not be of the, say, the big the, the big kind of stars or recognizable names or mainstream uh, that you see on Netflix. So festivals always have an element of discovery to them, discovering new visions, new voices, discovering a new visionary talent, discovering a new way to tell a story. It's not accessible. It's not commercial. But it gives the antidote. It gives viewers Ooh. something else to look at that isn't going to be formulated by the numbers, commercial mainstream films. There's always festivals always have that good home for that. But there's kind of movies you wouldn't see on a mainstream platform or in cinemas. But they're there to discover and meet new people who have got different voices and a very different way of making a film, which is what people want to see. Yeah, I really I love the word antidote. Yes. <laughs> that's that's, that's such a great it. word. <laughs> it is. I mean, one thing when one thing as well, I mean, that was you go much that question is I mean, with short films, short films need film festivals and film festivals need short films because uh, there's plenty of them, but you know, a lot of people make a short, you know, to show what they're doing and to to get exposure and to people to watch their work and start their creativity and they're really important. And festivals are amazing platforms to showcase that work and to meet those people that can see a really good talent there, like Whiplash. Whiplash yeah. was a short film, did Sundance, and then obviously now it then became a striking and fantastic a feature film that did really well commercially and did La La Land, that same director. 
And that was all thanks to the short form. You know, so short is very important. So would you say too that the film festivals, they're about discovery. They're discovering what isn't seen yet. It's discovering the cure to the poison of the mainstream, for lack of a better <laughs> phrase. But it's also you're discovering the community that you're fitting into or could fit into. Exactly. It, yes. It's a new environment and new people and new connections that can really take you on a different journey and a bigger outreach so we had a really good success story for one of our shorts. I mean, they all do festivals, but one of our shorts, The Gesture and the Word, uh, is a fantastic, beautifully made romantic short film. And it did loads of festivals and it had a breakthrough and it did Cleveland Film Festival and the programmer really liked it. That got more festivals and then it got noticed for distribution. And getting the short film distributed is not the easiest thing in the world, but then it got a really good platform distribution. And people who saw it wanted to connect with the filmmaker they wanted then her to uh, you her, have her as director for hire because they really liked her vision and it was very clear on screen that she could do exactly to make a really good film and she had the tools to do it. And she wouldn't have known them if it wasn't for the festival. She wouldn't have had that experience. She wouldn't have known anything about them until a film was presented to them. So yes, it is. And these new people were like, you know, people she didn't know in LA, people she didn't know in Ohio, but they really opened up the doors to have new collaborations and new Paid work. So as a as a company who is partnering with filmmakers to get their work out there, how does that partnership change you and the work that you do and your business? So getting the films out there. So that's a really good question. Every filmmaker is different. Some of them are chasing the same dreams, like the BAFTA route, the Oscar route, getting it seen, getting into festivals, and that's similar. But every filmmaker is very different in the personality, how they approach festivals how they get them out there. Some people have finished the short but want to move on quickly and want to do a few festivals and can't really commit to doing a whole 12 months or more. So I've managed everybody differently. When I get them out there, I just love pitching them with my team. I love talking about the qualities. So we have a film right now that's very interesting. It's a hybrid documentary feature film. Oh, cool. And it's weird as well, <laughs> which makes it even better. So it was filmed partly in Philippines, Mexico City, uh, in the US and it starts off as a documentary then it goes into a narrative fiction and it's wow. this very boring corporate accountant who now wants to live his dream which is being a rock star and he sings a song the name of the film called I Am Electric Lampshade and he ends up taking this on this global tour and becoming a rock star but in the weirdest strangest communities like LGBT communities uh, it's and just dancing and it's it really is spectacular and that's interesting to place the festivals because you know it's a very quiet taste the quality's there and it's done uh, CineQuest where it launched an Oscar qualifying festival, Doc Edge, and I'm doing some more as well. So really pleased with the um, with the profile it's got so far. We'll keep getting more, but we want, we want to angle now other festivals that are LGBT that could probably fit it in. But even though it's a hybrid doc, it's not the easiest type of thing to fit in, but it right. certainly has got qualities there. Festivals in Mexico, festivals in Philippines, you know, so all that kind of thing, first-time filmmaker, which is visionary talent. So again, Everything is different to pitch. You know, it's not the same people like in a in a cut and paste, buy one, get one free. Everything is very precise, very bespoke. And that's the way you get results. Do you find that you like talking to some people more than others? Like, <laughs> do you enjoy connecting with a director who's who's going to do a hybrid documentary with a narrative fiction about a corporate accountant who wants to become a rock star? Or... <laughs> <laughs> 
They're all, I mean, creatives are all very different and they're yeah. very interesting as well. So not to be honest, all the people we work with, I'm lucky, are brilliant. So they're all different. They're all different kind of personalities. They're all very eccentric, but that what makes them special and makes them fun to work with. So it's, you know, we're definitely not working with the boring corporate accountant. We've got, <laughs> exactly. The director of that film is a director of uh, the Harlem Dance Club in the States. So, so he's very, very interesting. So... Any kind of filmmaker that's going to be difficult, we don't really take on because it's going to be baggage with them. It's going to be their emotions and they're projecting that on you. I mean, that's quite rare, to be honest. Normally they're pretty good, but then normally we have a producer as well. And they're the business head tend to be more than director can be very, very creative. So it depends. But to be honest, they're pretty strong. And when they get into a festival, they get to share their dream and they're really happy. So that's really fulfilling. How does that affect you personally? Well, um, it's our responsibility. So when I first start working on a project with my team, uh, I like to get things organized, uh, very focused and very precise. I'm very precise in how I work, but it can get stressful because obviously I have to be honest is that, you know, it's we're taking on a big project and we, I want to make sure it's right. So I like to get everything across my T's and dot the I's so it's focused. I don't let the client down. So I want to make sure I get the best strategy possible to get results. Um, so it can be tiring, but... To be honest, I love what I do. So it doesn't really feel like work. So it just feels like I'm just, I'm just doing what I should be doing. And I'm not like, it's a chore. It never feels like a chore. So in the beginning, I'm, I'm very much like very, you know, all eyes on it and focused and all around it. And then I carry on for that for the rest of the year with our contracts. We never let a film slip. So it's never like we lose interest. Uh, it's very much focused upon we're committed to that whole 12 months. because We have the client, they hire us, they pay us, and we make sure we get the due diligence we make sure that we get the results and we're always in touch with them. So when you're putting together a strategy, so let's say, you know, a filmmaker's listening to this interview, where do they start thinking about film festival strategy? The good time to really start thinking is in the beginning, the very beginning when it's in development. A lot of the time people are focused when they're making a film to raise the money to make it. But what's very important too is to include in that the money for distribution and marketing and PR. So that will be money for poster, trailer made, an SRT file, screening formats of festivals and distribution, other things as well, but they're the key things. Uh, obviously, buyers and headshots can be done, but also money for festival submission fees, money to hire me, so that way they've got everything they need in the financing phase. That's a really good time to do it. People do do that and they have the funds and then that's great. And then, uh, and then we can start working on it. Sometimes though, it doesn't always happen. Sometimes um, they think about it after they've made it. And sometimes the funds aren't there, so they can't do anything. It has to be personal funds, so they work it that way. But it doesn't matter. Either one will work as long as you've got funds available. So you can you can do it when you finish the film and then watch it and then we take it on board. Or we can get really organized in the beginning, put in the budget, make sure you um, finance it. And then we can start working on it when it's finished and pitch a lock stage. So ideally... The beginning, but if not, we can work at work at it when it's finished. It's not the end of the world. Just make sure you have the resources available and the funds available to do what you want to do. What's interesting too is as you're describing that, I'm I'm curious how having the strategy in mind from the development stage actually could affect or impact the production in a positive way. Because it's like if you know what to look for from the beginning, would that affect the film? A lot of the time, before we take on a project that's at development stage, at script stage, in the finance phase, um, what we always do is read the script. Then we can offer services where we can help them improve it to make it festival friendly. 
we had one script that was, to be honest, not very well written with a dialogue, not the story was a little bit far-fetched, you know, and they wanted like us qualifying festivals. So I was like, we need to do a lot of work on the script because what's most important is having a very strong script and then having the right cast and crew to bring that to life. You know, it's quite a journey. So it's very important that the script has, you know, got that backbone in it that's that's strong to then people to bring that to life the best they can. So, you know, it's quite a lot of pressure with the script. And then they changed it. They got a new writer. They hired someone else. And then it literally is now transformed and it's a very strong piece of work. So a lot of potential in it and it's very striking. And it can influence because if they'd have made it like it was, it would not have been very good. And when they got the right cast and crew, they did rehearsals to make sure the characters fit the roles and the actors fit the roles the right way. Everything gelled. So it does influence a lot when you come on board early to really say, look, have you got the right materials to be able to achieve your goals? If you want us to qualifying festivals, you got to have a film that's going to have a striking story and very good dialogue, not a film that's cliched and boring dialogue. Right. And I can hear too, like why that's so important is it, in a way, susses out the ego ahead of times too. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, as you're describing just that, the writing change and how it transformed, I can just hear the ego like wanting to pop up saying, but I've got control. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's all that comes in. But yeah, it does. I mean, sometimes it, we have the opposite where there's a really good script and we've given it some, you know, like a polish, but nothing like a rewrite but it's just something changed in the production where they took on a different casting director and they got the wrong people to bring it to life or they just brought on the wrong people in terms of getting the right kind of crew and it didn't look as well good as it should have been and just some of the acting didn't quite work out because it was a different kind of say, casting director that didn't help. So that, that does happen sometimes. It can go either way. That's why it's very important that the vision is very crystal clear in the beginning with the right script. So you mentioned earlier 8,000 film festivals. Yeah, there is. I mean... How do you keep your like head around that? <laughs> well, that's... I mean, this is on a platform called Film Freeway. So Film Freeway, people probably know, if you don't know, is um, it's a platform where you can submit your film to festivals. It's a great platform. There's a lot of good things about it. Um, but some of those festivals can be very, very small new ones. Some of them can be online awards competitions, which aren't festivals, per se, because they're not a real live festival, they're online and have always been online, just, not just now with the pandemic, but they've always just been online because they're online festivals or awards competitions, which are very different. The way to filter it is to get to know your festivals. So one thing actually that Film, Film Freeway does have, which I think is very useful, is they have a section uh, where they put all the festivals in there into categories. So they have you know, Academy Award and BAFTA Award qualifying festivals, a list of all of them in one place so you can figure out where you're going. Popular festivals that have had great reviews, festivals which are focused on doc documentary, those that are focused upon shorts, those are focused upon screenwriting, horror, sci-fi, all that kind of thing. So that really helps filter things down. Also, what can really guide you too to realise which ones are worth submitting to is two things. One is uh, researching which festivals are BAFTA and Oscar qualifying, so you can then figure out which ones are best to submit to if your film is suitable. And the other one is doing research with people who've been to certain festivals that are local or outside of your local area and feedback and if it's worth attending and what they got from it. So it's doing like two angles, hearing it from the horse's mouth and also doing research online to see which ones are qualified for those bigger awards so you know what kind of festivals they are and if you can submit to them. What is the 
rejection-like when it comes to the... I personally have no experience submitting to a film festival. What can you expect from the rejection process, let alone the acceptance process? The key thing is to not take it personally. So a lot of filmmakers can think, oh my God, we didn't, we didn't get into this festival. Our film is really good. You said it was good. So why did we get in? Do they not like it? Do they not like my vision? Do they not like my writing? It really is not anything to do with that. Do not take it personally. Do not take rejection personally. Uh, we've had this film from China, which is incredible. And it's going to be doing a big festival later in the year. They have got a lot of rejections when the festivals are above to an Oscar-defined level. And we asked for feedback and they said, nothing is wrong with it. It's perfect. It's just we don't tend to screen slow cinema. Uh, it's not really for the audience and it's, you know, and it's a bit of a longer short. So nothing really wrong. It's perfect, but it's just really the placing of it. So there was nothing wrong with the film or him or the vision or whatever. It was just really finding a theme in the festival to program it. And then sometimes you get that. It does happen a lot. But I always say to people is one thing you must never do is get emotionally attached to, to the passes and thinking you've done something wrong. You haven't. Very rarely is it a case nowadays with the festivals that are in the world that they didn't like it. It's more a case of room, finding where to, to place it, where to position it. For example, that film I mentioned, uh, The Hybrid Dog, I looked at Lampshade, it's a brilliant film. People really enjoyed it, they really love it, but it's just, it's also quite weird. And like, well, not sure if our audience can really take this, it's a little bit offbeat. Um, we haven't really got a, a theme to put it in, you know, so it's very much like that. It's, it's a case of not knowing where to place it and what to do with it and room and obviously the audiences. I really loved what you said about you know, listening to what's being said, learning from it. Is that something that you can learn and apply to as a filmmaker to the process as you're going through the film festival process? Or is it something that you kind of file away for the next project? Um, it's a bit of both. Um, so it's a case of it could be very useful feedback that could help you figure out, you know, how to make your next film differently. For example, that one I just mentioned, The Hybrid Dog, you know, not, the, the next film will not be obscure and weird, but what it will be is going to be a bit more accessible and a bit more sellable. You know, this film has got a good agent, sell agents, um, but it is still a bit of a, a question mark for some. So make it less obscure and more accessible, can all be good. But also on the journey is, you know, don't think that's going to stop you. Because, I mean, it hasn't with that film. It's got into four festivals, two of which are Oscar qualifying. And the feedback we got from both of them was how much they adored it. You know, so really is a matter of taste. Um, so don't take it as, right, move on. It's a case of, okay, didn't work there. But then other people will appreciate it because the feedback coming in is getting to bigger festivals and ones who really respect it. So it's we'll find someone out another home will come on its way on the journey. It has to be patient and not get emotionally attached to the outcomes. One of the things that I'm curious about is, you know, as creators, whether you're a filmmaker or a podcaster or a photographer, you start building a following and a fan base. Mm. Does that have any influence in getting into film festivals? Not really. So having a great Instagram with awards and recognition and, you know, great behind the scenes footage, great coverage of festivals, great reviews, they all help, but they will never, ever make a festival say, yes, we'll screen it because it all depends upon the film. But it does help get interest 
And interest is a key thing to rise above the surface. So that film I mentioned, Gesture in the Word, the short film, that has its own Instagram page, lots of awards, like 50 awards, I think now, uh, doing, very, doing very well. And we got a lot of interest from the festivals. They hear about it through there and they see the pictures, they see the laurels, they see the filmmaker attending festivals. And they go, oh, can we have a look at the film? We're very intrigued. There's no guarantee they're going to say yes. It's more a case that it just gets them interested and it gives you another connection, the people to see it, another, another response, and another film in the pipeline. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I appreciate about that, too, is it shows just how big... I mean, that's a massive system that, yeah. you know, if you're an independent filmmaker, that's what you're up against. A giant system. It's a giant system and it's ruthless. It really is ruthless. And like any prisoners festivals, the bigger ones are really ruthless because of room. They can't put everything in they want, um, you know, and it, and it makes you develop a very thick and tough skin. If you start taking it very personally and say, well, then take it in, you know, it's a brilliant film. Yes, it probably is. But there's other things they have to program. There's, they haven't got enough room. There's, you know, these are very genuine responses. But it does really help you build resilience, you know, to think my film comes on the test of time. It will get in. It's great. It's just not going to be for every festival in the world, but I'm not going to take it all personally. I'm going to pretty much use this to build up my self-confidence and to believe in myself and my film. So it's a real good test, actually. I get it every day because obviously we get festival invites come in, you know, and rejections every day. I mean, not all of our films get to every single festival. They get into a lot, but they don't get to every single one. And when I get the rejection, I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. Good for me to know for the future. But we just carry on, and then we see something else we can use, to another festival we can get into instead. So we keep, you know, using that as feedback. It's no failure, only feedback. That's great. Because it sounds like, too, there's a coaching role almost for you and your company, too, so that when that feedback comes in, you're able to deliver it to the filmmaker in a way that they'll hear it. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Very much so. And a lot of fest- a lot of filmmakers, you know, really grow and flourish on the journey. Because it is a journey. Uh, the festival circuit is a journey. It's not a quick process. It takes time for invites to come in. A bit like treacle, but it's worth the wait, like treacle is. <laughs> and, and, you know, and they travel with the film when they meet new people. They get asked different questions. Um, they learn more about themselves and their filmmaking and their future and their career on the way. So it just showed you as a person. I had one cl- a client who is wonderful, and he, you know, was a typical drinks and smokes and that kind of lifestyle. And then when he went to the Sedona Film Festival in Arizona, he came back a changed man. He was like, oh my God, you've changed me. Is that I don't drink, I don't smoke. That festival changed the whole perception of my life because of the place it was in and how the film was responded to and a massive sold out audience, the whole lot. I was like, wow. Um, but, it, you know, because that can be where you, you just explore new places, you get a new culture, a new, a new eye-opening kind of response to your film. Something else, you know, and it, and it does have a big effect on people emotionally, physically and spiritually. Yeah. Wow. Was that a surprise to you when that happened? It was. I was like, wow, my God. I didn't expect that at all. Um, because obviously all the, all the festivals he'd been to, he had a good time and stuff. And he liked how the film was being appreciated. But it was just something else at Sedona. And uh, it just he just got that. Some messages he got there from the divine. And it helped him, helped him, just changed him to what he wanted to be. And now he's a different person. He's really enjoying his life more. You know, it really, his film helped him open up to that. I love that. I'm yeah, just thinking about that story. That's really cool. Yeah, it's great. It's an amazing story. I love telling that story because it makes me really proud. I've had the same. I've had a massive 
learning curve in myself, my business, my personal life on the journey at festivals. Uh, you know, one was a life-changing event there. And it's amazing. It's all thanks to film festivals <laughs> and the environment, the places and the energy, you know, it's quite a combination. Do you have a favorite film festival? If you can, if you can share. Ooh. Well, first and foremost, the best festival in the world full stop is the Abattoir Horror Festival where I began <laughs> my uh, film festival career. Um, without a doubt. And it still is now. It's absolutely brilliant. It goes strength to strength. You know, it doesn't get the same amount of funding each year, but it carries on and it will never, ever die. It's amazing. Probably another favorite would be, I love the Tribeca Film Festival, which is obviously in New York. It's uh, That's um, founded and, and chaired by uh, Robert De Niro. And he's very involved in it to a degree. Um, but the, the program is a fantastic. It takes place in all the best places. And I love the experience there. It was a real eye-opening experience of loving film and and getting to know filmmakers and great parties. It's a really good experience. But also like boutique ones as well. There's a really good one called the Sholo Film Festival in a place called Sholo in Arizona. Arizona, again, another theme here. And that was a life-changing event, meeting all the people that attend. Because obviously locals are different to like locals in your, probably in your normal hometown. You know, in a big city, you might not get that type of eccentric character. But in Sholo, you get these really interesting natives and uh, we had some fabulous opportunities there for our films and met fantastic people that came into that area. And I met someone really special to me there as well. And it was a life-changing experience. And that was all thanks to bringing people together in that area and also having the energy of bringing people together to mentor and network and connect. Um, so I love that for that reason. It was just had a, such a fun time. And you're watching each other's films. You'll go and watch everyone's films and, you know, and give, and, and rate them good feedback and celebrate. So it's a very strong community that will just get bigger and bigger. That festival. What is the difference between the film festivals in the states or even in Europe versus other parts of the world? Well, in terms of differences, I mean they're all kind of like similar in their mission statements, but it could be in the U.S. They're different in terms of sometimes there could be more money to submit to different, you know, higher fees. Also, there could be different types of cultures coming from all over the world. Um, there's never, I mean, in the UK, sometimes with local festivals, with local films, let's say British films, British audiences, it's very British affair. So it's very much like, you know, being with your locals. But then when you go to festivals like Tribeca, there's massive multicultural communities all together, um, then it's very different. And it's a very kind of different experience, a very like culture shock to a degree. So it depends on the size of the festival, really. You know, you get everywhere in the world, small festivals, big festivals, local festivals. Um, you get very niche ones, you know, so they're all different. Um, but they all have the same quality that they're all there to celebrate film. So as a company, you've won over, is it 900 awards? Actually, it's over a thousand now. So Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. So we had a really a winning, we always have a winning streak quite a lot. Um, but yes, we won over a thousand now. Uh, for our clients all over the world. Wow. And so w yeah. what does that actually mean? So what that means is that at festivals, you can pretty much all festivals, there are some that don't do, that aren't competitive, but pretty much all festivals, you can win awards. And some of them are very important awards. Um, some of them are awards to help you um, submit to be um, considered for an Oscar. Some are very good awards in terms of like big festivals, but not as big as Oscar qualifying festivals, but have great, awards to help your career some are smaller but are great for the local exposure you know they all vary so all of our clients i think all of our clients have won awards at festivals of work time. i think they have actually yeah 
So pretty much um, every client I work with gets some kind of award um, at a festival, for whatever it is. You get awards for everything, craft, direction, acting, um, production, sound, the whole lot. And obviously best film, like the Oscars do. So yeah, so we've helped them win that much now, over 10 years. So very happy for that, very proud. Yeah. I mean, that's that's quite a statement of the yeah. quality of work that you do and the the value of your work. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. We always make sure that we find the best homes for our clients' films at the right festivals. I like to call it home because it's like almost like going home, like seeing the audience there and getting your nomination celebration. It's like, you know, the right fit for your film, the right home for the film. It's really important. So what does the future look like for you? Well, I mean, obviously it's been a massive change in the way that festivals are attended and viewed now, everything moving online. But now festivals are starting to come back as live events in a hybrid form. So actually technically festivals did go back to being live events in July last year, but only in certain territories. We had live screenings in South Korea, obviously in countries that had the virus under control. And Australia have done live events, but obviously in a different scale, just locals only. Um, so it does vary, to be honest. And since the pandemic kicked off, well, not kicked off, but occurred, um, there has been a massive change. Obviously, everything went online. But the hybrid format is quite exciting because hybrid has shown that you can reach a massive global audience with your film and also with your networking events through a um, hybrid festival. So hybrid, hybrid means partly online, partly in person. Right now, the live events are a lot more, say, restricted because obviously with the COVID restrictions, uh, so at the time, obviously saying this, um, you know, some states, some states in the in the US do require masks, some don't. Um, some can do small events, some can do via drive-in, which is now at a comeback during the uh, <laughs> yeah. pandemic. Um, some can do it uh, as a full live-scale event, but outside. So everyone's different. But the way it's coming out now is great, seeing them come back in a different form. It's quite exciting. I'm looking forward to going to more of them now that are live. Obviously, they're, they're not as big as they were. Like, it's not having thousands of people in a room with no masks on. There. That's not really allowed. It's more of an um, intimate affair, but you still get a lot from it on a different type of scale. And they'll start getting back to normal eventually. It's not going to be forever. But right now, it's quite different. But it's a very good engagement. I do appreciate the online model because it worked really well and still is now. Uh, we had loads of festival screenings and got lots of awards last year when the pandemic began. And, we, you know, and right now... On our screen timeline, we have festivals that are live, festivals that are hybrid, festivals that are online. So it's starting to change. They're starting to come back. But this online component, it's been very valuable. As I mentioned before, to you know, people can still attend just remotely, even if they can't get or fly to China, Korea, US, wherever. So what advice would you give a filmmaker who hasn't begun the film festival journey on their own? but they're starting to think about it. They're starting to consider the possibilities. So if they haven't ever traveled the festival circuit, my advice would be to do your research. And it's two things. So as you can find on my, this is a little plug now, you can find on my website on my shop, there is a opportunity to download a free checklist, free of charge, totally free of charge. It's all for you just to carry around to help you on this journey. What you must do if you've not been on the festival circuit before is really attend festivals, either virtually or in person, and watch the films which are selected and what gets screened. You can then help yourself and figure out, okay, 
have I got a film that festivals want? Do I make festival-friendly films? Or do I make films that are not really for the festival circuit? That will help you then give you really good kind of um, guidance on your film. Get objective feedback on the film, by all means. Make sure that you do uh, get the people to watch it who are not attached to you emotionally or mother and father, more like professionals. <laughs> um, and that will help you figure out what you've made and what kind of festivals are going to want it. So really do your research. And research, the best thing to do is research festivals is attending. You know, get the get a sense of the vibe, the energy, the films that are screened, the filmmakers that attend and seeing what they what they what they screen. And that's a real key first step. I would not do any submissions or do anything at all uh, until you have created a very focused and streamlined strategy for your film. So it has all the right level and tier of festivals for your film. So if it's not a film for Sundance, don't submit to Sundance, it's going to cost a fortune if you do that, and you're going to waste money. Put it into another festival that'll be more worthwhile and more of a chance of being selected. So what is your website again? The website is thefilmfestivaldoctor.com. Thank you for listening to Beyond Your Imagination with Chris Martin. Head to byi.show to learn more about Rebecca and her team at the Film Festival Doctor, along with links to everything mentioned in this episode. Until next time, may your action always be greater than your inspiration as you build worlds beyond your imagination.